The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good evening. You're listening to KUCI at 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm your host, Mari Frank, and my wonderful engineer, Lloyd, who usually introduces me, is sitting here here with a terrible flu, so I am just going to introduce myself and say that I am uh, a local attorney and thrilled to present all these wonderful shows with fabulous guests. And tonight we have a repeat guest because he was so terrific the first time. Let me tell you a little bit about Jeff Chester, who's speaking to us all the way from the East Coast in Washington, D.C. He is the executive director of the Center for Digital Democracy, that's CDD, a Washington, D.C. nonprofit group. And its mission is to foster democratic expression, civic engagement, and consumer protection in the digital media era. He, in 1996, Newsweek magazine named Jeff Chester one of the Internet's 50 most influential people. His new book, which I have right here in my hand that I took with me on my vacation, is called Digital Destiny, New Media and the Future of Democracy. It provides an in-depth examination of online marketing industry. Jeff is also currently working on another book about global interactive marketing and its impact on society, but we're going to be talking to him in just a few minutes about his current book and what he's doing now. Interestingly enough, he was a former investigative reporter and filmmaker, and he's been engaged in public interest policy advocacy for more than two decades. He's really wonderful, and he's got so much to tell us, and, and I'm just thrilled to have, us join, have him join us tonight. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us all the way from the East Coast. Well, thank you so much for it's, having me on your show. It's great to have you back. So let's start off, and I, I love the cover of this book, by the way. And, you know, I am one of those people that really didn't know that much about what's really happening with all of this online marketing and, and what they're really doing. And in fact, you talk about all this merging of these the telecommunications industry and the cable industry. And I've been one of those people who has not, has kind of fought back. I, I have Cox Cable and they want me to have not only my internet connection and my TV, but they want me to have my telephone with them. And they're offering me all sorts of deals. And I've just kind of resisted doing all that telephone. It just scared me to death. So you, you kind of talk about that kind of stuff, what's going on and how this monopoly is happening that I, don't, I think is creeping up on us, Jeff. Well, I mean, I think there's you know, two responses. First, you know, just as many people, including myself, have been concerned about the negative impact to journalism and media diversity and access to information, that we have as a result of the consolidation of, of old media, fewer companies owning uh, n- newspapers, uh, radio, and broadcast television stations, and, and, and cable, um, uh, satellite, uh, cable and satellite services. We have very few companies controlling all that. There's now a kind of parallel movement in the online Internet world uh, where more and more companies, like Microsoft and, and Google, are swallowing up all the small and, and medium-sized uh, companies. And, of course, all media is, is converging. So you're going to have, I fear, very few companies. I mean, there's a kind of paradox. Yes, you have this kind of open Internet system where all kinds of information will always be available and posted. But those who will be able to sort of shape the evolution for how this new media environment serves the public will be, I believe, um, a, a small, tiny global handful of, um, of giants that own both old and, and, and new media property. So you have consolidation going on, fewer and fewer owners. The, the other issue is that the business model uh, for new media, which is uh, going to 
ultimately incorporate all of media is this uh, massive data collection system um, you know in order to serve the needs of advertisers wherever we go whatever website we're on what applications we're using whether it's it's, it's email or instant messaging or or blog postings uh, wherever we are whether we're in front of our PC or are using our mobile device and fairly soon even our television a system is being designed to collect all this personal information about us, what we like and what we don't like, how much we're willing to spend, where we are in any particular location, fed in uh, to the online ad giant so we can be uh, targeted, marketed uh, to. Um, but, of course, the looming question is, what about our privacy? And right now, protecting our privacy from uh, the invasion uh, by uh, these uh, commercial giants has largely been off the table in terms of public policy. Exactly. Well, let's step back a little bit, and I want to ask you, so what what was the impetus then for writing your book, D Digital Destiny, The New Media and the Future of Democracy? What were you feeling why you had to write that book? Well, I think also there's two, two reasons as well. I mean, first, I wanted to sound the alarm. One of the things that that we do, uh, you know, and, and I do, and you mentioned I'm a, I'm a former investigative reporter, is I follow the media industries. I used to follow the broadcast industry and, and the cable television industry. In other words, understand what the businesses are doing, you know, what policies they're lobbying, you know, what programs they're investing in, understanding their business. And you do that by uh, reading the trade publications uh, for the particular industry, going to conferences, listening to what's really being said, because what they how they speak to each other about what they are doing or intend to do is much different from what they will tell, let's say, regulators or Congress or the, or, or the, or the, or the public. So I used to follow the old media industries. Well, it was clear in the early 90s that a new day was dawning and that the digital media system would eventually dominate. So I began uh, looking at that. My wife and I, Catherine Montgomery, began looking at the Internet and the business models around it um, as early as uh, 1991, 1992. And the basic business model for the Internet has always been this idea that because all this information can be collected about an individual, there can be what was once called one-to-one -one, um, uh, marketing. And that one-to-one -one marketing um, philosophy um, is ultimately shaping the future of the Internet. And for someone like myself, who has been disappointed about the failure of broadcast television, cable television, to fulfill a kind of larger democratic potential in terms of news and culture and diversity of ownership, um, you know, our, our hopes are with the new media system. But if the same old powerful advertiser commercial business model now on digital steroids, uh, you know, was going to... Uh, uh, be the, the the dominant force in in new media. We might not have uh, a, a a more democratic um, uh, digital media system. So I so I began looking at what was going on uh, in the in the 90s, and this book is an attempt to sound the alarm. Hey, this is not only what um, what their vision is. This is what they're actually doing, and this is what's about to happen. And I'm both, you know glad but saddened to say that everything that I wrote a year ago um, is coming to pass. And, uh, you know, um, uh, they're, they're able to know exactly what broadband video an individual is downloading, where you start it and where you stop it. Um, they understand, you know, what content you like and will make that content available as, as a kind of flypaper to get you uh, to be more involved with the ads. Um, you know, big, giant corporations are creating social networks and are funding content all to uh, get to understand uh, the, the consumer's interests so they can be targeted to. So, yes, I, I did it to sound the alarm uh, and to let people know what was coming. Now, when you talk about this, what role has the Federal Trade Commission in all this? Have they proposed anything to really address consumer concerns regarding online marketing? Well, you know, up until uh, September 11th, 2001, I mean, there was, a, there was a kind of movement in the United States to begin to address these issues at the Federal Trade Commission and in Congress. But uh, uh, concerns over consumer privacy were, were sidelined uh, as the focus uh, uh, became uh, how do we protect um, uh, national uh, s security and of course government wants access to all this this information so um, this the, the market 
of uh, commercial online media and the issue of data collection has really been out of uh, the purview of um, uh, or the watch of policymakers, including the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, you know, over the last uh, you know eight or nine years, the Federal Trade Commission and the Congress really uh, haven't had a clue about what's been going on in terms of these new um, threats uh, to privacy. And my group and, and and others have been attempting to wake up the Federal Trade Commission. The Federal Trade Commission uh, is the sort of designated agency um, to um, protect uh, consumer privacy. Uh, in the United States. And as a result, uh, I'd like to say, of uh, a complaint that we filed two years ago, which is on our website, people can read it, and, and, uh, and an update that we did last November, the Federal Trade Commission has launched uh, an investigation into what is going on. But the question is, do they have the political will to do anything about it? and um, Or does the Congress have any political will to do anything about it? Um, and that remains to be seen. Well, so do you think that there might be a change with a change in the administration with regard to to these issues, or is it just so entrenched in the politics, so much lobbying done? Well, the the big companies, the Googles and the Microsofts, recognize there is a problem, and it's because of programs such as yours and pesky advocates such as myself and notably groups like the Electronic Privacy Information Center, and 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 other other good groups, uh, um, uh, pri- privacy rights uh, clearinghouse uh, among among others. Um, the uh, the industry has is proposing you know uh, some kind of uh, of legislative uh, remedy, and then indeed the Federal Trade Commission has proposed some self regulatory rules uh, recently, and that will be debated. Um, uh, this year. But what privacy advocates uh, like myself want is the following, and this is something that the Googles and the Microsofts and the Yahoos, for now being independent company, are opposed to. What we want is this. We want no data to be collected about any individual without their prior informed consent. What the Googles and the Yahoos want and Microsofts want is they want to be able, they want the default to be collection. They want the default to be opt-out. Um, because they know very few people ever really opt out. And, um, you know, I think that's wrong. So you might get a, a legislative remedy here supported by the companies uh, because, in fact, it, it will simply protect um, their basic business model, uh, which is all uh, uh, designed to, as they say, co- collect this information, analyze it, uh, and utilize it for um, targeted marketing. Isn't that a deceptive practice? I think it is. Well, what's deceptive about it, in my opinion, and I think this is going to be uh, this is part of a kind of a new legal and advocacy effort that that we and others are going to be a part of. Look, it's not just that they have all this data about you; they're running very sophisticated. Uh, algorithms about you. They, they, you know, they're tracking you wherever you go on a website, where you travel online from site to site, um, you know, you know uh, where you are on your mobile phone. They're tracking you. They're analyzing all of this uh, this data, and then they're using content that, in a way, has been designed to appeal to your own vulnerabilities and your own interests. And, mu- and a great deal of that content, known as rich media, is based. On, on multimedia in, in interactive uh, services, virtual reality, uh, you know, avatars, things like that. They, they take that data, they create this content which the online ad industry says is immersive. In other words, they know that this content can operate in a kind of unconscious, subconscious way with users, including teens, frankly, uh, that they're targeting, uh, to get them to do things. Now, it may be about buying a trip. It may be about liking a product. It may be about voting uh, for a particular candidate. The, the advertising industry hey, says, what's the harm? But I think the fact that you have a handful of giants able to collect these very detailed digital dossiers on individuals that, in essence, work for advertisers, the Fortune 1000 and others, to create campaigns to get you or me and Joe and Jane to do things without our awareness and without our consent is, in fact, deceptive and unfair. Right. So help me understand what the rich media is. Is that the compilation 
of all of this multimedia content? Or well, I think yes. Yeah. So, so as they know what you like, you know, they'll 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 send you you know a a a music video with your favorite. They'll make sure that you know the content that surrounds. Uh, you know the applications uh, is content that you're interested in. It could be news. It could be it could be cultural and uh, entertainment uh, content. Then it'll be interactive. It'll be urging you to sort of become part of it, to participate into in it, to interact with it, because because our media system is increasingly virtual, and. Um, and and all the powers of of interactive multimedia are being unleashed um, to get you to do the things that the marketers want you uh, to do. I mean, the marketing industry calls it 360 degrees. In other words, wherever you are, they want to be able to reach you. And this also includes efforts outside of electronic media, so-called you know street um, um, uh, and peer-to-peer marketing. As as well, but I think, and the other thing that the industry is doing, which we talked about briefly last year, which they're going gung ho. And in fact, the Nielsen Company just bought a company uh, last week that that does this, or invested in a company that does this. They are uh, funding uh, neurological research. They are really working with neurologists uh, to figure out how can we create interactive content that um, motivates people. Uh, uh, cognitively, that is able to set the right frame in, in a person's brain to get them to do X or Y. I wish I was making all this up, but I'm not. <laughs> so when you com- so when yeah. you combine the massive data collection right. with the ability to tar- micro-target to target indiv- individuals, you know, throughout the internet and throughout the digital media system, to use this this sort of virtual reality, multimedia, immersive content that in part has been designed. Uh, by working with neurologists, that's where the industry is headed, and that's the that's the picture I, I'm trying to paint for people and suggesting to them we should be alarmed about this because even if they have our, the, our best interests at heart, so to speak, even if the Googles and the Microsofts, you know, are, are really there, um, you know, as let's say information providers, and by the way, they're there t- simply as advertising agencies. Ninety-nine percent of Google's revenues is from advertising. Microsoft is going through contortions. To, to, to compete with Google so it can be a, a more effective advertising uh, entity. Uh, the idea that they want to be able to do this and, 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 and sell us, and, and, in essence, you know, sell our behaviors to the highest bidder without uh, giving us uh, control and autonomy over it, I think is undemocratic and sets up a system where people can be increasingly manipulated. Yeah, and, and I think what you talked about with that, they're targeting these young people, Someone like you and I, as older people who have haven't grown up in that, we're more sensitive to this. This is this is kind of alarming us. We're saying, wait a minute, what is happening here? Whereas the young people have grown up with it, it's it's almost like they're already immersed in it and don't even recognize what's happening. And it's just cool that oh, you're sending me a game that I really love, or you're sending me the right book, or you're sending me this, and they don't see the manipulation. Well, in fact, one of the most disturbing aspects uh, of these de- developments in terms of online advertising uh, is, in fact, the focus on global youth. I mean, these companies recognize that it's a global system by and, by and large, um, not just in, in, in the in the U.S. Um, and the Microsofts and 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 the, and the MTVs, the Viacoms, etc., have invested heavily in research to understand. Uh, the youth audience, and indeed the entire sort of global media system, as far as I can see, has sort of refocused its lens to, to, to target those young users because they understand that these so-called digital natives have grown up uh, you know, always using online technology as part of, 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 of their uh, per- personalities. It's deeply ingrained, um, and they want to make sure that this new generation and future generations, in essence, are sort of weaned onto a system where advertising and data collection is always a part of their d- daily lives. Right. And I think, for example, it's, it's so disingenuous for the Googles and the Facebooks and the MySpace to do what they're doing now. People uh, such as my organization and Electronic Privacy Information Center and, and uh, Privacy Rights Clearinghouse and others have uh, sounded the alarm about um, 
social networks and and data collection and 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 privacy. And I'm sure you know your listeners were aware of the of the. Of, uh, now, sort of uh, well-known incident uh, at the end of last year with with Facebook, where it be, uh, it it, uh, it launched a new advertising effort, and it was sharing uh, data about what you bought on various websites. It's called the Beacon Program. Anyway, what what the companies are saying now is young people are willing to give up their privacy. That 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 there's a new generation, there's a new attitude, and and old people such as myself, who are privacy advocates, are simply out of touch. And indeed. Indeed, Google uh, recently told the New York Times editorial board, um, uh, uh, and there was an article recently in the New York Times about it, that the Google lawyer told the New York Times editorial board that young people have a different attitude about privacy. They're willing to give up more. Well, young people have no idea but the massive amounts of data collection and targeted marketing uh, going on inside the Facebooks and inside MySpace. We don't want to have a generation uh, who is uh, propagandized to give up uh, their privacy rights, which is why my group and others will be um, uh, you know, launching efforts against uh, Facebook and MySpace uh, this and next year. Well, it's also not transparent, even to the kids. It, it, it absolutely is not. I mean, Facebook is the most ingenious data collection system that I think has been um, developed. Um, and you know, people have no idea about what is going on there. And what users need, deserve to know, and young people in particular, as I said, is what's going on. Explain it to them completely. You know, what, what is the data what data is being collected, how it's going to be used, who it's going to be shared with, what, how it might be sold. They need to know exactly how it's going to be used and then, get, then give them the permission in a granular way to say yay or nay. I mean, users may decide they might want to let your station or um, the Los Angeles Times or, 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 or CNN to collect some data because they understand that's a way of supporting uh, that service, but they might say uh, for company or service X and Y, absolutely not. Or they may say, I don't want any of my data collected at all. The companies need to be forced to give the power back uh, to uh, the citizen and the consumer. Well, I think even young people wasn't there that big brouhaha last uh, last year with Facebook when the people would um, you know give up certain information but not want all of their information shared. You know, even the young people got, were outraged with some of the information when, you know, they were, I guess, uh, was it Facebook that was sharing uh, any time they made a change, that that change was broadcasted to everybody on their list? On the news feed, yes. Right, the, and they didn't even like that. I mean, they, they, were, they were up in arms. So I think what the, the transparency issue is, is that the young people, are, it's not transparent, so they don't, they don't recognize the ramifications of what's happening. You're, ab- you're absolutely right. N- none of the system is transparent. And now the companies like the Googles and the Microsofts and others want to be able to use this information to engage in um, much more targeted marketing, including uh, promoting uh, prescription drug use, uh, for e- example. And so we're talking about giving companies access to much more sensitive information that can have a direct impact uh, on our behaviors and our health and our, 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 our mental uh, well-being without, as you say, consumers really understanding um, by having r- real transparency and control what's going to be done with um, all that information. That's why I think the Federal Trade Commission, who is charged with dealing with um, you know, exposing deceptive practices and and fining companies that are that are actually engaged in deceptive practices. They really haven't been doing that. There's a lot of deceptive practices going on that that the Federal Trade Commission just doesn't seem to either have the resources or have the uh, motivation. They don't have the motivation. They're afraid of tackling the industry. Now, on the one hand, you can be somewhat sympathetic because the problem is that all these practices that I'm talking about are now so widespread. In fact, you know, recently I understand, you know, the industry has been saying to the Federal Trade Commission, which has proposed some new privacy self-regulatory principles, they're saying, hey, if we actually, you know, told consumers what was going on, uh, that would completely undermine our business model. Don't you understand? It's too late. And so that's part of the problem is that the Federal Trade Commission, under both the Democrats and the Republicans, have been asleep at the digital switch for so long that they've allowed the system to develop in very uh, pervasive and powerful ways. But at the same time, 
I would say that the commission, with rare exceptions, both Republicans and Democrats, the commissioners, frankly, are not willing to really stand up. And, and members of Congress, they're not willing to stand up to the industry. Look, when Google and uh, bought, um, Google is in the process now of buying one of the most powerful global advertising technology companies um, in the world is called DoubleClick, and it's perhaps best known for being the company that provides uh, the, the cookies, the little uh, bits of, uh, of, of software that collects information about our online comings and goings. DoubleClick works for the 1,500 largest global companies. So Google's buying that. And we said, hey, Google, to the Federal Trade Commission, hey, Google already has a tremendous amount of information about um, users and their searches. Soon it's going to have access to even more information. Online and offline. At, online on and offline, but also as it incorporates DoubleClick's sort of cookie system and, and will have access to all the information from the most popular uh, content websites. You better do something about privacy there. And um, the commission refused to do so, uh, with the exception of one Lone dissent. You know, the FTC in December voted four to one not to do anything about about Google DoubleClick, and members of Congress from both parties were largely silent. In the case of the Democrats, uh, Google is their darling, and and um, they didn't want to uh, oppose it. In the case of uh, the Republicans, they were willing to say uh, negative things about Google because uh, they're in cahoots with uh, Google's biggest competitor, uh, Microsoft. So there was no one really, uh, with the exception of, of a few. Groups, no one really uh, up there standing for the public, for the public interest. He was either you're with a, with the Google for their concerns, you're with Microsoft for their concerns. Oh, but who is there to protect the consumer? So, if we get a new administration, certainly we have to make sure that we get a Federal Trade Commission with some backbone. Yeah, and and they don't even really have the resources. Well, you know, but but you say they don't have the resources, but all they have to do is read the trades. Right. All you have to do is read the online trades, and you can say iMedia Connection and click a Z or MediaPost.com. I mean, those are three online ad trades that I read every day. It's all there. If you read the online ad trades, you know, in, in a single day, you'll be horrified, and it's clear about what's going on, and the FTC could certainly get to the bottom of it, and indeed the complaints that we filed at the Federal Trade Commission in November of 2006 and November of 2007, in many ways, simply boil down uh, these, what's, what's been in the trades, these developments, uh, in terms of new threats to privacy um, that we then you know, gave to the FTC for easy reading. Let me ask you something. So, so these things are, so the Federal Trade Commission is now doing an investigation and, and looking into this. But I don't think the average person knows this. I mean, that's why I'm so thrilled that you're willing to come on our show and help explain this to the, our listeners and our audience. But the average person doesn't know this. This kind of stuff isn't really, uh, I don't think, visible in the regular newspapers. And well, the because media. One, one reason is that the news, and I cover this briefly in my book, yep. is that one reason is that every news organization are using these technologies. I mean, you've not seen one single story right. where the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or the Los Angeles Times and the Tribune Company or, you know, whatever, will say to you, oh, by the way, we're, we're working with companies that provide um, what's called behavioral targeting. We're collecting all kinds of data about where you go on the site. We're targeting you specifically with, adver with, with advertisements based on that data collection. So the entire news industry, uh, in, in part because it's in its own crisis, um, has bought into this system and has been incapable of really sort of separating its business model, or it hopes it'll be its future business model, which is data collection, online advertising, and online content, with its responsibilities to the public to really inform them about what is happening uh, on, on, with, with their new service and with the industry uh, as, as a whole. So there's been hardly any reporting on this and um, you know, are they accepting op-ed pieces on this? Yeah, kind of no, stuff? no, they, 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 they would, they, they, they probably would, and 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 um, 
you can you know ch- chide me for not writing more. We tried to. <laughs> well, just try, take a couple of things from your chapters. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, and, and it takes more than you know uh, yourself as an expert and radio host, and me as a, as, a, as an advocate and writer uh, to get the word out. Indeed, you know the fact there've been stories about this is because we've been spending our time you know rattling the cages of the Federal Trade Commission at the European right. and 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 more recently in Europe, where there is some growing sympathy to get some regulations out there to protect uh, privacy and uh, related to online uh, marketing, but the public is unaware of it, because then the media companies would have to own up to the fact that they're doing it. They're doing the same thing. Right. And and the same thing with television. You don't oh, absolutely. Them. They're all doing it. They're doing, they're doing it on their websites, and of course they also hope, they also eventually will do it as you watch TV. As, t- as television becomes digital and interactive, all the data collection problems that we have online are, are are going to be migrated into um, the television. If your listeners go to let's say visibleworld.com, uh, dot com, yeah, it's a it, it's a company that's helping you know the networks um, uh, transform their services into uh, data collection, micro targeting, uh, you know, video platforms. Ugh, it's disgusting. We are talking with Jeff Chester, who is the founder of the Center for Digital Democracy. And we're also talking to him about his great, fascinating new book that I just finished called Digital Destiny, New Media and the Future of Democracy. Jeff, you were talking about the Europeans. Explain the role of the European Commission in privacy. Well, what of course, the Europeans have their own um, privacy rules and have historically been uh, very concerned um, about uh, uh, data collection uh, in the absence of... Um, of, of citizen consumer uh, uh, contr- control, and uh, they have, they have actual you know laws at the at the national level. For example, it's in the German Constitution, privacy, and at the European Union uh, level. And because of their own uh, experience, you know, having uh, c- uh, countries uh, where there wasn't any privacy at all, you know, totalitarian dictatorships, uh, they're very sensitive to to, to it. And what's happened now, um, and I think this is a hopeful sign, is that the um, uh, agencies responsible for for privacy have begun in the last year or so to look into the commercial um, online um, advertising um, marketplace. And indeed, we have provided the uh, these uh, authorities with a lot of information about what. Uh, companies are doing and as i said before it's a global business so the googles and the microsofts and the and the time warners are all working uh, in in europe you just can't have an online business anymore uh, uh and and if you want scale and just serve the 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 us market you you have to be able to deliver uh, globally so europe is a very important market for 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 these online um ad uh uh, com- companies and, and now the Europeans uh, are investigating uh, online data collection. They have, uh, they are in the process of proposing new rules which would limit the ability of the search engines, Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, uh, f- uh, f- uh, limit their ability to um, keep information about our searches beyond a reasonable time right now um, the companies you know can keep the information uh, for for decades or they've promised us to keep it you know for 18 months while the European Commission is moving to get them to uh, to keep it um, for shortest period as possible and and to make sure that it's not really personally identifiable the the European Commission is also looking into this um, whole concept of behavioral targeting of advertisers following us where we go online and our behaviors online in order to target market to us and are likely going to enact some regulations in the next year or two. Well, if the Europe, because it is a global market, if the Europeans act to protect the privacy of their citizens, it will help make the case here in the United States uh, for either uh, our Congress or FTC to do the same or for the companies to say, hey, we have to protect privacy in Europe. We might as well do the same um, approach here. Well, yes, but that hasn't necessarily been the case with um, other types of offline marketing. In you know, for global companies, you know, they have two sets of uh, approaches. They've, you know, the European Union, as you were talking about the difference between opt in and opt out. It's my understanding that in Europe it, there is an opt in scheme where. 
companies can't sell information or share information without prior permission, whereas here it's the opposite. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's, tr- that's true. That's absolutely true. The, the, what's happened with uh, behavioral targeting is that the um, uh, companies are claiming that the information is not personally identifiable. Oh, I see. Something I think that the Europeans are going to uh, will confront and say, no, 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 That's it is. baloney, yeah. But, but, but you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. They, the companies may get away with it, and we may not have, because of the power that the, uh, the, uh, the online uh, advertisers have over the Congress and the FTC, we may not have the same. But I'm hoping that we will. I'm hoping, frankly, that uh, there's going to be a global movement of, of consumers who call for meaningful privacy protection at the, at the industries, the Googles and the Microsofts are going to come under increasing pressure uh, to, to do so. And if we can get the Europeans to enact uh, serious rules, um, we'll be able to, uh, to raise the level of protection here. That's at least what I'm trying to, uh, to work on. Jeff, so are there a lot of blogs about this stuff? About, There's a about lot of blogs what? about marketing and online yeah. marketing and online advertising. I mean, you know, so the the industry is talking a lot about what it's doing and what it hopes to do. I mean, I, your listeners should go to um, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, IAB.net. That's the U.S. Uh, trade Association, Google, Microsoft, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today. Those are some of the members of the that that organization whose mission is really to, you know, um, expand the role that data collection and targeted marketing online plays in our lives. IAB.net, but the IAB here in the United States is linked to a global network of trade associations doing precisely the, the, the same sets of activities, um, you know, fighting privacy rules and expanding uh, the technological capability of the industry to collect our data. So there's an IAB Europe, there's an IAB in the UK. But there's wonderful documents, uh, for if you're interested, at the IAB.net or the IABUK.co, um, uh, wonderful documents that you can get uh, for, uh, advertising re- the, the ARF.org, uh, T-H-E-A-R-F, that stands for the Advertising Research Foundation. Take a look at uh, what they have online, and you will see the, the vision and the efforts that the industry is putting in to make sure that it can collect more data about us as we are you know, visiting websites, watching broadband videos, downloading music, uh, commenting on blogs. I mean, in some sense, they... Um, they are transparent because it's clear they want to push the envelope as far as it'll go so they can collect our and use our data. Well, I'm just thinking, are there are there blogs that are sharing the kind of information that you're talking about? I do it through Digital Destiny, you know, okay, my yeah. little blog at democraticmedia.org slash jcblog. I mean, you'll see, I mean, if you want to find out what Google's doing and Microsoft's doing and what the industry's doing, you know, I look at, I scour the online air trades. Um, I go to the meetings and conferences, and I'm trying, you know, as just as I did with my book, I'm trying to put this up there as a kind of early warning system for folks, because I do think it's 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 quite disheartening when one recognizes that, you know, whatever we do, we're going to be unfortunately living in a world where our data is constantly being collected and we're being targeted and marketed to. I mean, these forces have been completely unleashed. There's a huge amount of investment to, you know, to push this business model. I mean, this whole Web 2.0 era we're in, if you look at the venture investment, if you look at the mergers and acquisitions that are going on, you know, in... So let's talk about some of those mergers right. and acquisitions. Like, we know about Google, okay? We know about Google and... and uh, so you have Google buy you have Google buying DoubleClick, you have right. Google buying YouTube, you have Google buying FeedBurner, which is the largest um, uh, online ad network uh, for for blogs and RSS feeds. You have Microsoft spending six billion dollars last year, so it can essence it, it in essence can get more involved in online data collection through its um, ownership of um, a, a quantum. Now, of course, they want to buy uh, Yahoo. You have Time Warner buying uh, third screen um, um, uh, media with, so they could do mobile marketing. You had Yahoo buying uh, a b- bunch of uh, companies, including something called Blue Lithium, which is um, a, a, a system that, that, that tracks and tracks users by uh, collecting information about their online behaviors. Time Warner uh, bought a, a similar company called Dakota. You had about thirty billion dollars 
uh, in, in mergers and acquisitions in the online advertising uh, sector in the United States in, in, in 2007, and that will continue. And that's, as we talked about earlier in the program, a handful of global digital data gatekeepers are emerging, principally Google and Microsoft, that will have the resources and reach to, and, 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 and design to collect tremendous amounts of information about each and every one of us so they can deliver um, that information uh, uh, to, to, um, on behalf of advertisers. Mm. So what role does CDD play, actually? Well, I mean, CDD is a is a kind of watchdog uh, a, a group, and if you had a sound effect, you know, we could we could bark right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm there to with my very small. Uh, we, we're trying to do two things. On the one hand, we're trying to sound the alarm about this stuff that's going on because it, it, it's it's going to the idea that all the data will be collected, that everything will become more commercial, um, that, that that individuals and consumers will have very little control. Over this uh, th- this system, and you know, uh, and indeed, as the system becomes more focused on delivering uh, us to advertisers, the nature of our online experience and ultimately the nature of our sort of consciousness, you know, will 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 change because we're living today in a world. We have to live in a world that's in, in, ter- in terms of both the real world and the online world. And young people in particular, I'm sure you've covered this in the past and we'll cover this with future guests who understand youth uh, development. I mean, young people today are growing, uh, are growing up simultaneously uh, comfortable in, in two cultures and integrating two cultures, the online and offline. So we're talking about a very powerful media system that's uh, emerged that's going to shape consciousness and attitudes and the fact that it's a, it's a place where there isn't going to be any privacy potentially that it's all about uh, commerce and consumption and consumerism you know that it's about a handful of companies having the power to sort of determine the future of the internet the, the Googles and the Microsofts all those things we're watching we're sounding the alarm we're, through our website you know through our our, our our political work here in in Washington through our our writing and through our our organizing. On the other hand, you know, we're trying to also sort of see what what can be done to enhance the public interest. You know, what can be done to support not whatever non-commercial content services can survive in in this new era, particularly sort of video based. And um, what where are the responsible uh, business models? for uh, online data collection and advertising that can support a, a greater diversity of expression in the digital environment. In other words, I'm not just I'm not anti-advertising, but what I you know and I think that there are models that need to be created or expanded where users get to control the data uh, and get to this, this decide, you know, what kinds of ads can be delivered to them and that companies, you know, uh, develop these kind of best practices, uh, you know, more more sustainable. You might want to call it green marketing practices. Uh, so there there can be uh, a well-funded alternatives uh, to um, the data collection commercial culture that is likely going to dominate the lives of most people. You know, I think the devil's advocate would say, well, gee, you know, isn't it nice that somebody will customize advertising for you so that they will meet your needs without you having to be so, you know, trying out something that maybe won't fit your needs? I mean, that's the devil's advocate no, talking. No, and I, th- and, I, and I think that's, that's, that's fair and fine, but the, the missing from that retort, which is what the industry's lobbyists say, is, mm-hmm. wait a second, uh, you know, uh, you, you know it, it's, it, how are you de- determining this? You know, um, you're 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 tracking where my mouse is on a particular page. You know whether I'm willing to spend 48 cents or 51 cents on a product. You know what I put, what I left in my shopping cart, you know, and and discarded. Uh, you're tracking me site to site. That's one of the most disturbing things now. You know, your listeners should do a search for behavioral um, retargeting. The word is retargeting in the last. 
two or three years, these online advertisers are now tracking you site to site, and they're developing campaigns so that if they know, and I swear I'm not making this up, mm. you know, the, the industry writes my best material. Yeah. If they see that you put, you didn't buy the product on site A, because yeah. you wouldn't spend X or Y. They, through online ad networks where these consort, where all these net, uh, app, online ad sites are working together, when you're on site Z, right, you know, you're 20 sites removed from the first site, the product will pop up. They'll know your price. Now, there's some good things there. Or they'll, or they'll have the content that they know you like and, and, and try to sell you that way. In other words, they they are they've created this kind of pervasive invisible system to get you to do things including you know using this content that they know will make you more vulnerable to the cell so it's not just okay i'm i'm getting the the, the car ad or the book ad that they know that i might be interested in it's how they are getting there that i find problematic and disturbing and it's today, kind of insidious, today's yeah. yeah today's today's oh you know sort of a uh, 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 more sort of neutral trip is tomorrow's well we you know we know you you know you're feeling this way you should take drug x or y yeah yeah we're speaking with jeff chester and he is the author of digital destiny the new media and the future of democracy a fascinating book in fact, he says, Jeff Chester is the Paul Revere of the media revolution. Read this book and you will understand the stakes. And that's Bill Moyers. Jeff is also the founder of the Center for Digital Democracy. And would you give that website again, Jeff? That's democraticmedia, one word, dot O-R-G. Let's go back to about this lobbying, you know, because that, that's the stuff that I think is pretty scary, too. What lobbying is the online ad industry doing now in Washington? You're right there. Well, there's a full court press. First, the full court press going on. I mean, it's a big growth industry, needless to say. Uh, here in Google, in fact, just uh, opened up a big new fancy lobbying uh, office in in washington um dc well the advertising industry has always had a lobbying presence needless to say and, and its allies in the lot in the advertising industry with the allies to be the newspapers and the, and the broadcasters and the cable uh, systems for, for for example but now you have the googles and the microsoft's and the Yahoo's and the trade associations, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, uh, all uh, opening up lobbying operations or expanding lobbying operations, going to members of Congress, contributing to their campaigns, offering them free seminars on how to make all the online advertising work for them. Indeed, that, that's part of the problem is that the politicians are already beginning to use it. Right. And they're going to like it. And companies like Google are going and doing these uh, under the guise of seminars, basically saying, wink, wink, uh, you know, politicians, you don't want to see real privacy policies enacted because then you won't be able to learn exactly what all your, you know, targeted constituencies, all those constituencies that we can target for you are uh -huh. doing. So so uh -huh. they're, they're engaged in multiple efforts, um, you know, uh, with Congress, with the Federal Trade Commission, if you look at the Google and the Microsoft and their battles for their mergers, they've hired, you know, former FTC officials, former Department of Justice officials. It's just another special interest, um, you know, like, um, you know, the automobile industry or the coal industry or the fast food um, industry. And, uh, you know, th this issue of online advertising and data collection is little known. Um, because it is about the new media, and frankly, the, most of the consumer groups um, are still working, you know, uh, on issues related to the old media, on you know, on television, for example, or on radio. When in fact, it's very clear a new day has dawned, and you know, whatever happens with online media will affect the rest of all, rest of all media, uh, you know, sooner or or later. Um, you have a lot of groups, you know, who have gotten money. From these companies, uh, you know the Googles and the Microsofts, and it won't uh, take a take a stand. And then you have a lot of organizations who uh, see the principal threat coming from government data collection, and don't see uh, that there's a, a parallel threat uh, from uh, the commercial sector. Um, so you have very few groups working in this area, uh, and they a growing you know corporate lobbying presence designed to serve um, very narrow interests. 
And then what happens with with organizations like yours and an electronic privacy information center? You're just nonprofits. So what kind of what kind of influence can you have? Well, you know, we make a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, and 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 you know, I mean, I think that um, you know there are people who are concerned about all this still. And our complaint filed at the Federal Trade Commission, to the credit of the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, Deborah Majoris, Republican, it did trigger in part because the staff wanted to do something, but it did trigger this investigation. You know, we were able to sort of pick some battles that are that, that, that make the issue more visible and accessible. So, for example, my organization uh, last spring, working with the Berkeley Media Studies Group, uh, uh, unveiled a big report to show how um, fast food marketers were uh, using all this data collection to push junk food and help make uh, kids and teens uh, more obese, and people can read about that report. Uh, in, in, f- in fact, it's really one of the best overviews of the online data collection and advertising business. It's at the website, www.digitalads, one word, digitalads.org. So, you know, we do something about obesity and kids, and that's more understandable, and that launches an investigation. And we work, you know, we're giving all kind, we're turning all of these companies <laughs> into the Europeans so they can do a more serious investigation. And uh, we oppose the Google DoubleClick merger. We're likely to oppose the Microsoft-Yahoo combination in in part on privacy grounds and part on on competition grounds, and that causes greater scrutiny. So my joke is, and for those of your listeners who have ever done therapy, uh, what we do is we act out in the public interest. (laughs) It, It costs money to do that, though. Yes, yes, it does cost money to do that, and it's not that easy to do. And I've been very fortunate that a handful, tiny handful of foundations, most of whom have no idea what I'm doing, thank God, um, the, the, uh, have supported our work. And I've, but, and I've been able to use what, what modest earnings I have from my book to help subs- and, and my next book to help subsidize um, this um, work. But I- I'm, I'm really worried about where we're headed as a society with this kind of very powerful data collection and commercial uh, targeted marketing system at the core of our online interactive experience. And I'm dedicated to doing whatever I can um, to um, sound the alarm and create some alternatives and safeguards. You know, you talked earlier about that you have another new book coming out, even even besides this new book, which you know, digital I mean, I'm, I'm writing this new book. Okay, so tell us about the new book, too. Well, well I think, look, this is a global system they've created. I mean, the right. Googles and the Microsofts. And when you see what they're doing in China, for example, you know, where they're unleashing all this data collection through mobile phones and, and targeted marketing and, you know, pushing cars and pushing fast food and all that. I mean, it, it, I think it requires, you know, us to sort of pause and say, you know, what, what are the ultimate consequences here to global society at a time, you know, of, I think, sort of unprecedented risk for humankind? I mean, we have global warming. We have a kind of disparity. You know, we've gotten into, you know, global conflicts. Um, If the most powerful force in our lives, um, because we we haven't seen anything yet in terms of what this digital media system is going to do. For example, in the United States, it hasn't we haven't fully unleashed the the mobile system. And, you know, the, the cell phones are all being designed to do this kind of data collection and targeted marketing while we're on the street and delivering these broadband videos based on our, 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 our demographics. And if the most powerful force in our lives is about consumption and includes this massive commercial surveillance system, what will that do to humankind? So my book is an attempt to sort of look at what's going on, how online advertising is affecting journalism, is affecting diversity of media ownership, is affecting our health through the online prescription mark, online uh, drug and over-the-counter drug advertising, uh, what we're doing to China and what that means for the environment. It's a kind of global version of what I did in the last book, which is really just focused on the United States. So, so what do you think is really going to happen in the future of online advertising? What, what, how is it going to change our lives? I mean, you talk about it's going to change our lives. How do you actually see it changing our lives? I think it's going to create a um well this may for for some this is going to sort of you know unmask me as a kind of anti-commercialism person and i'm not totally that way 
just look at my credit card bills. But I, th- <laughs> I, uh, but I think we're going to become a more look. If you know, I tell people to, to go and do a search. Go to Google and do a search for Google Jobs advertising sales. So if you look at what Google is doing in terms of, and I hate, to, I, I don't want to totally pick on Google, although I, you know. Um, Although I think they're very disingenuous and arrogant. You know, they say they're out there to provide information for the world, but they're really out there to, 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 to collect, collect data it, yeah. and target us with advertising. And Microsoft and the Yahoo is the same way. But if you look at jobs for Google advertising sales in the United States, and you could look at um, New York or, or what they're doing in Detroit or what they're doing with YouTube, and, and also look for advertising sales in Europe at the U.K., all right, you'll see it's about enhancing the ability of the Fortune 1000 to, to, to target, to use all this data that, that Google collects, or it could be Microsoft, as I say, to target market us to buy things, to buy prescription drugs, to buy cars, to, buy, to, buy, to consume entertainment products. If the most powerful force in our lives is all about consumption and self-involvement and not about democracy and not about sustainability, what does that do to global culture, as I said? So my kind of worst scenario, dire scenario, is we become a more self-obsessed society and that the real problems at hand, you know, health care and environment and, and community um, and democracy and peace um, sort of get put on the back burner because they're not the ones that are getting the most focus, most attention, you know, the, uh, in the media, in the new media, right? And right. I, that's my that that that, that I'm, I also to the extent that the Googles and the Microsofts, because I'm now saying, you know, we're down to two, we're going to be down to two global companies basically in charge of online advertising in the world. Whether Microsoft buys, I think that your listeners, we need to be alarmed about the consolidation and control of online advertising. It's not just about the data collection; it's about you know the. Online advertising is the basic business model for almost all of online publishing. It's called the, quote, monetization model. And if you have two companies who control the lion's share of revenues for online advertising, they're going to have the ability to bankroll new forms of online content. Already Google does this in a modest way. It's called traffic acquisition costs. And if you go and look at Google's annual report, a quarterly report, you'll see something called TAC, traffic acquisition costs. And that's where Google gives payments to the New York Times and a lot of small uh, online publishers. You know, we're giving you this you, this money. It's your cut in terms of the uh, of the ads that you've helped us sell, well, to, and that and that money obviously is 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 needed by th- those online publishers because that's their revenue. Well, if the Googles and the Microsofts, as they evolve, understand that they make more money backing more entertainment sites, what does that do to the funding of news and public affairs? How do we ensure we have a healthy, um, diverse system of information, let alone advocacy efforts? that really help move global society, global civil society along. Uh, that's another fear I have, that you know, it's just going to be too easy to make the money pushing the, the light stuff, and that the light stuff is going to be the most compelling. And hopefully the Internet will stay free so that we can continue to have everyone who can become a journalist. It, yes, it will be, but, the, but to the extent that it's the companies with the biggest bankroll that will be able to influence us, yeah. push, have, yeah. have, the, have the best-looking videos and push the videos and show up t- at the top of the search engines and are connected to, the, to, to, to you know, a part of Google's YouTube. I mean, you already see what Google's doing with YouTube and, what it, what it, and, and how it's going to position its, its advertisers to give them favorable slots. So, look, it, it's, not, it's not an all or nothing. Yes, there's always going to be many, many voices, but I'm suggesting to you su- a subtle shift is going to occur unless we are careful about it where you know this data collection targeted marketing culture is going to shape the evolution of digital media and what is in the foreground may not be the best for um, you know, the free flow of information and, and, and diversity of expression and democracy. Yep, and I hate to leave it on that because it sounds like it's a little depressing, but I want to just say that in your last chapter, at least chapter 11, you talk about some of your suggestions. And I, since we don't have time, Lloyd says we're out of time, 
if, if you're interested in what his great suggestions are for how we can have a policy agenda that will ensure democracy, you got to read Digital Destiny, New Media and the Future of Democracy by Jeff Chester. And Jeff, thank you so much for coming back on. And we, we'll have you on when you get your new book out, thank too. Thank you very much for your program and for your probing questions. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. And I'm Mari Frank, your host. Join us every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, everyone. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.